Originating from a secret underground bunker buried deep in the heart of Chicago's north side, two fans dare to defy the laws of man to bring you a podcast about the south side hitmen, the good guys who wear black. There's a sense of pride. Um, there's a sense of, of purpose. Azagir, by far. He was my favorite player. Well, all time, it's Paul Canerco. I love the hot dogs. I love the grilled onions. And I can't believe it's been 13 years. 13 painful, painful years. <laughs> because good guys wear black. Good guys talk black. Welcome, Sox fans, to episode 19 of Good Guys Talk Back. Chicago White Sox fan-centric blue-collar podcast. I am uh, Nick Morawski, and thank you so much for joining us uh, this week. If this is your first time tuning in, we appreciate that, and hopefully you'll stick around for more. If you've been with us for a while, well, thank you. and Hopefully you've been passing this podcast along. Our Sox are in Baltimore right now. We're going to get to uh, kind of... Uh, this stretch of games uh, between Baltimore and Detroit and what that could look like uh, at the end of this uh, and a lot of other things to come. But first, let me bring in my co-host, uh, Jeff Julian. Hello, sir. Welcome back. I yeah. mean, you were you were there last mm-hmm. week in recorded form, but it's right. always nice to see you <laughs> in person. Uh-huh. I hope your uh, vacation was, was good, yeah. relaxing. And yeah. uh, the Sox... Did some stuff while yeah. you were gone. <laughs> there, there is uh, definitely not only just the wins and losses, but some other ins and outs to talk about. I, I was following along as much as I, I could. You know, it's it's so much easier this day and age. Uh, I've got that my teams uh, app through the NBC Sports Chicago, and if it's on NBC Sports Chicago you will be able to stream it on your app. And right. I had the iPad, and so I was able to watch a few of the games. Uh, I'm catching the audio through my MLB at bat app. I got, I got, I got a lot of stuff. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and I did catch um, – I caught a couple wins uh, and, of course, uh, read all about the other things that were happening. So uh, appreciate uh, you keeping everybody updated and uh, what happened in that Yankees series. Yeah. Uh, as we got into the Ricky uh, goatee and the Ed Farmer murder <laughs> mysteries. Uh, but yeah, it's good to be back and um, really interested in talking about uh, this, this stretch, Jeff, that the Sox are in. I mean, they're in Baltimore right now playing game two of a three-game series. Then they've got Detroit, and then they've got Baltimore again. Right, And right. Uh, they're sitting at 9-12 and 12 as we record here on uh, Tuesday, April 23rd. Um, you know, you uh, come out, you know, with a with a pretty positive uh, record at the end of this. You could see yourself uh, at 500, and then you get the Red Sox and the Indians. So, well, yeah, this is what we talked about before. Uh, yeah, maybe two episodes yeah. ago, we were looking at this stretch of you know 10, 15, 20 games and saying that you could really, you could either you know make some hay here mm-hmm. and and really get back into the division or at least back into the wild card. I mean, it's way early to talk about any of that, but, but a baseball season is also about maintaining proximity to your goals, right. And Mm -hmm. not getting so far out of it so early that it doesn't even matter. And we kind of looked at this stretch of games for that reason, because there were some teams that were, 
were not as good as you are, whether it was mm-hmm. the Orioles mm-hmm. or the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And then he had a chance in both uh, and, and, and the Royals. And then you also had a chance with the Tigers twice and then the Indians to make some ground mm-hmm. within the division yeah. and the Royals uh, yeah. fall into that category. So, yeah, very interesting stretch of games and to be nine and 12 mm-hmm. and to be within spitting distance of 500 yeah. and still really well within the, the division lead, mm-hmm. you got a chance here. Yeah. They're, they're four and a half out as we record this, um, you know, uh, Royals are, are the dwellers in the central and they will be the dwellers for the rest of the season. Um, Detroit's surprising me at 10 and 10. Um, and then Minnesota's at the top, which I had a weird feeling they, they were, I, I kind of feel like the Indians are, they had their window. They're, they're still a quality team. They're going to, they're going to be a tough team, especially getting Lindor back. But the twins, there's something about them. They've been kind of knocking the last couple of years. And, uh, I, I had a feeling they were going to be uh, at the top of the central towards, uh, throughout the season. Um, so, you know, the Sox go six and two, uh, in this nine game stretch or what's, what's left of it after last night's blowout win, they're looking at 15 and 14 with a, with a limping Red Sox team, yeah. a shadow right. of what we all thought they right. were going to be. And, and, then, and then the Indians. So, you know, and, and I know people are going to say, uh, well, well, it's against the Orioles, but Hey, I don't make the schedule. Right. And, and you you're playing teams like the Orioles or the Royals, well, then beat them. That's right. That's right. All you got to do is win series. Just keep winning series yeah. and win series against bad teams. And then, of course, you got to win them against good teams, too. But but you have to win them against bad teams. You absolutely have to win them. And, and last night's 12-2 to win was in deciding fashion. It was one of the few night games, actually, that the Sox have played to begin this uh to begin this season, the Sox are the best at night, Jeff. They are five and zero in night games. Is that right? They are five and zero. They're hitting three twenty as a team with a nine seven five OPS. Nice. I mean, that's number one. I like it. That's number one, and 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 uh, you know we'll see what happens. We got a night game going on, and, and another night game uh, to end this Baltimore series. Uh, I, I just, you know, the Sox are a night team. You know, they're not traditionally a day game team. They've never played a lot of day games uh, in recent memory, uh, of course. Um, it seems to be a lot about rhythm, too. And and when you are, as you said, a team that, I, or whether you are or not, I think just continually playing those night games and not, it seemed like at the beginning of the season, they were really bouncing back and forth between the day and the Man, night. They had a and, lot of day games at the lot, beginning yeah, of the season. A lot of day games. I don't remember this many day games in a long, long time. There was a weird stretch there where they, it just felt like every day was a day game. And I get it. It's probably helpful with the weather and, and this, that, and the other, but it's kind of nice to get them in a, in a groove of consistent night games. Cause that's where they're going to play. Most of the season, it's going to be at night, whether it's at home or it's on the road. There's still a couple of things about this team. And I know we're going to dig even deeper into some of these numbers, but I I wanted to talk to you about this. And, you know, uh, yesterday's win, the 12-2 win against uh, the, uh, the Orioles corrected one of the stats a little bit, but there's still a couple of things that I think uh, just looking at surface Mm -hmm. standings, the the run differential for this team is still 
it's they're, they're still negative 10 on, mm. on, on the run differential. Mm. And before yesterday's uh, game, it, w- mm. it was even higher. And so, you know, I think you really, you have to watch that because the teams that are bad, Baltimore's a great example. Boston's a great example. The run differential is yeah. totally out of whack. Negative yeah. 56 for Baltimore, negative 41 for, for, for Boston. You, right. know, you don't want to be giving up a ton of runs and mm-hmm. you've got to score. And so then the other, the other two numbers that I, that I just look at is, their their home record they're only three and six right. at home and they're right. six and six on the road mm-hmm. so what's going on at home you got to protect that home home field mm-hmm. advantage you got it you got to mm-hmm. win your games at home and then they're five and nine against teams over five hundred mm. so yeah. just just some kind of surface numbers sure. that you want to see. I think the two things, and it's good to see that run differential starting to to turn mm-hmm. the the other way. And then you got to figure out a way to win win some games at home. You can't yeah. you can't have a, a a less than 500 home record. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, there just hasn't been consistent uh, night game. I think they're going to start coming alive, especially when the weather warms up just a little bit here. Um, you know, hopefully towards the end of April, there's a home stand coming up uh, starting this weekend. Hopefully, warmer weather into May. Um, you know, Abreu has not gotten off to. He is not. He's not where he wants to be. I'll tell you that. He had a heck of a game uh, in last night's blowout, uh, and you could see some signs he's coming around. But boy, if we could get him going with a hot Anderson and Makata, uh, I hope to see some of those numbers that you had mentioned uh, change. Um, yeah, we're going to talk, uh, you know, a little bit more looking ahead. We're going to definitely get into that bat flip and bat flips uh, in general. Um, talk a little bit of how we got to where we are right now um, with the Sox 9 and 12. Uh, some injuries of note and then uh, state of the Sox by numbers. Um, so Baltimore's bad. They're beating up on a bad team. Uh, this team was projected to lose 100 games this year by a lot of prognosticators. Uh, Orioles are 8-16 and 16 right now as we record. Uh, they're really where the Sox were last year. Um, and uh, also with attendance. They drew, last night, Orioles drew under 9,000. And that's the fifth time this season that they've drawn under 10,000 fans. Well, what would, I mean, really, what would bring you there? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a terrible baseball team. Your best player left uh, mi- yeah. midway through. Yeah. It was it was midway through last season, right, uh, that, he, that he got uh, traded tra- to yeah, it's the Dodgers. Trade deadline, yeah, July. And so you knew well in advance of this season that they were going under and, yeah. and, and putting the tank on, mm-hmm. and now... Ugh, just, I mean, what brings you out there? Um, and maybe they just, you know, uh, they're taking it for granted. But it is it is one of the most beautiful ballparks uh, in in MLB? It's one of my favorites. You know, I've visited uh, a few times now, and it's a great ballpark. Uh, it's you know, uh, there's some there's some there's a lot of tours tourism stuff around the stadium. Uh, you know, who else is Baltimore competing with uh, in terms of fans? You know, they don't have a hockey team playing right now. They don't have a basketball team playing. Their football team obviously is is out of season. Sure, but I mean, I get it that it's a, a nice area, and and I, I like Baltimore as a city. But I mean, if I'm a if I'm a fan and I'm in town and it's 
April baseball, the team's bad, bad already. It's not warm yet. You know, really, I'm not coming out. <laughs> and that's the right answer. I'm just trying to mess with you. <laughs> there, there is really no good reason. I know you were trying to talk me into it. I know. I, I know Boy, you if be... you were a ticket rep for the Baltimore Orioles, it's a tough sell right now. And I was trying to sell you hard on well, some... T- you were out there on the East Coast, so to speak. I, yeah. I just didn't know if you, you yeah. picked up a job as a as a Baltimore <laughs> ticket rep while you were out. Hey, it's a beautiful park. All I'm saying, go see it a couple <laughs> times. But yeah, you're probably not going to be putting your butt in the seats uh, this season unless you are a diehard. Um, but that 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 does not pretend good things for them from an attendance standpoint. If you've already hit the under 10k mark five yeah. times within the year and you're you're looking at, you're staring down the the, the headlights of a hundred games lost uh, within the season. Yeah, it's you know it's uh, it's it gets flooded flooded with Red Sox and Yankee fans uh, when they have those series. Sure I, sure, I mean we think it's bad sometimes as Sox fans when uh, teams like Detroit or Cleveland come into town and. Uh, think back, folks. Think hockey fans. Think back years ago. I'm talking. I'm talking mid to late nineties when the Red Wings would come play the Blackhawks at the United Center. And it was, you know, Red Wing fans would run wild in the stadium. It was see a red and the wrong type There's of a little red. Hulkamania in there, uh, in, in your voice there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Let's not even go back. Let's not go down that. Uh, but I did, Jeff, I caught, uh, well, I wrestled down a foul ball uh, <laughs> in one of my times in, in a, at a Baltimore uh, White Sox game. I, listen, be, before we move past that, I did hear some <laughs> feedback that, that that we might need to do an old school wrestling, uh, you know, tangential episode. So I'm just putting that yeah. out there that, uh, you know, we well, we may have to dig into. I, I don't want to program the show there, you know, during what? the show. Sure. To tease that there uh, there was an article written by uh, Dan um dan hayes i think i think he's with minnesota now he did a with, with the state of minnesota i think with the twins <laughs> oh, okay um he's writing for the state of yeah minnesota. I, he wrote something and i haven't read it uh but he wrote uh, what if all 30 mlb managers were in a royal rumble oh come on who, who oh, would, that's I made know, for us i know uh, spoiler, Renteria, I think, was middle of the pack. He was 16th eliminated. <laughs> but so see, I, that is a product of having the goatee and not the mustache. <laughs> well, okay? I think he'd have a great handlebar mustache. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I yeah. think they were judging him based on the goatee and not the mustache he yeah. should have. And that's a good way to judge your wrestling skills. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Ravishing uh, Rick Rude. Uh, yeah. Great mustache. Yeah, he really did. Uh, I'm trying to think of... I believe uh, the Big Boss Man had a mustache. Big, see, you're wrong on that. Uh, Big Boss Man had a goatee. He had a Rick Renteria special. I, But I think he toggled back and forth between I mustache... I challenge you to find a Big Boss <laughs> okay, Man photo with just straight Selleck mustache. I'm you're not saying not it's Selleck. It. I think it's probably like that kind of Hulk Hogan-esque mustache. Like, like a foo, like a foo man chew. Yeah, or uh, is it a handlebar? Handlebar. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's your task. That's your assignment uh, right there as I go through some of these stats here. <laughs> uh, so, state of the socks by numbers. Uh, here we are. Socks are nine and 12, four and a half games out of uh, first or in fourth place, uh, right above the Royals. Socks are uh, hitting 251 as a team. That puts them 16th in MLB. 
All right, uh, but I, I wanted to ask you about that. How much of that is Anderson? I mean, I, obviously a lot of it is because when you start looking at some of the batting averages for for this team, Anderson's keeping them respectable. But other than him and him, him and Mancada, and yeah. maybe uh, Lurie Garcia is is up there, yeah. and you know, McCann a guy we has all come around, was be, right? Uh, leading yeah. the team. McCann is coming around a, a, a little bit, but I mean. It's, Abreu not hitting well. He's going to come around. Abreu's going to come around. Look, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's a concrete number sixteen, but uh, yeah, a- Anderson's having a hell of a year right now. I mean, he's sitting at four oh three. He's leading the league, uh, American League. He's second in all of baseball. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see what their average is uh, without. Anderson, uh, I'm sure we could we baked could. in there. Yeah, uh, he gives and he takes though because uh, I I hate to say it, but you know because of some of these bonehead errors of his, uh, we're 29th in fielding. Their okay. fielding is is a that's now, a real problem. I'm watching the game last night and it's his throws. You know he makes these these great plays in the hole at short or or on the run. And I don't know if he doesn't set his feet or if he doesn't realize who's running to first, but his throws to first are atrocious. I mean, he's sending grenades over to, to Abreu. Take, take a listen to this. Number two in, in the American League in errors with 20, second only to Seattle with 26. Yeah. They... Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other number here that I had? Uh, fielding percentage... Uh, uh, second to last uh, in, in fielding percentage in the AL, only second to Seattle. The their def- the defensive efficiency, they are second to last. Yeah. Runs allowed mm-hmm. per game. Mm-hmm. They're actually uh, doing pretty well in in. Oh no, actually no. They're sorry. They're they're third third highest runs allowed per per game. So mm-hmm. it's just a lot of problems yeah. on the out out in the field. Yeah, it, it continues. It, it really does, and it's uh, it's frustrating, um, you know, because you don't want to waste some of these pitching performances. Uh, there haven't been uh, many with the starting rotation. You don't want to waste, waste uh, offensive efforts because you're giving the game away uh, to costly errors. Uh, the lazy throws he's got. Anderson has five errors himself, and I, I bet you three of those, if not four, are on his throws to first base, yeah. whether he's he's skying it over a Brayu's glove or he's bouncing it in. Like, doesn't Lester bounce the throw in yeah. when he picks somebody yeah, off it? For sure, he's bouncing it. I don't know if it's a strategy to give Brayu a better. That's not uh, the that's thing. Not a... If you're gonna emulate something <laughs> about John Lester, that's not the thing to emulate. That's, yeah, that's not a thing. If 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 he accidentally bought like a John Lester fielding video to watch in the off season, that's that's the. I would love if he accidentally bought it too. It's just like. He thought it was a different, better yeah, I was fielding. Just trying to buy some bars of soap on Amazon, and I, I got a Lester video on fielding. I guess I'll just watch it. <laughs> I guess. I, how bad can it be? <laughs> what else do I have to do? In in your theory, your theory was that he was going to kind of take this. You know, he he, he took the mantle of the leader yeah. post. Yeah the Manny debacle. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm putting this team on my back. Yeah. You're on the 
bus or the boat or in the car or in the train, whatever. You're either on or you're off. And I'm driving. <laughs> he hit I wanted to know how like, many more means of transportation you were going to rattle off. Trains, automobiles. <laughs> he, he had them all. Scooters, uh, those little segways. He he was ready. Yeah. And, and then... Then he's been hitting mm-hmm. lights out. So I think you kind of you you theorized early that that this was also going to translate into into an improvement mm-hmm. on the defensive end. They had yeah. no errors for a little while in spring training. That that is they had not, a three game stretch there. That <laughs> boy that has not panned out. So is right, this just right, what yeah. he is in the field? Uh huh. Uh, good point. I I don't think it's way it's way too early to tell and just say this. He is who he is as a fielder. I think he has focused his game uh, offensively. It's not only uh, his average. It's when he hits. He's getting hits uh, with runners on, with runners in scoring position. He's spraying the ball. Uh, you know, he's getting hits off starting pitching, off of relievers. Um, he's getting big hits, you know, uh, emotional hits really, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, so maybe it, it's a little bit of a lapse, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think after, uh, this season, we'll have a good sense of, is this, is this who he is, uh, defensively and, and at what cost, you know, uh, do you keep the offensive round at what cost do you keep it around? Well, and that's the thing. He's not going to bat 400 all season. He's not going to bat 400 for his career. Right. So right. when, when does, what is an acceptable offensive level mm-hmm. from him to offset that maybe lack of defense, if that indeed is what, what it turns out to be. I mean, I think, I think when it's done in a, in a year that could be next year, and by that I mean when things get real meaningful, okay, and we've got the crosshairs of 2020, and there's some things that are starting to click hypothetically Kopech and Cease and Collins and, and uh, Eloy, and it's like, hey, man, we got a lot. Radon is clicking. You know, we, we're, we're putting in um, quality efforts, pitching and offensively and these damn errors um, are, are just an anchor. They're, they're weighing us down. That, that's when I think you say, look, this is the, this is the weak link here or else we would be a stellar team. We'd be at the top of the central, no doubt. One of the premier teams in American league, you've got to shore up the defense. You have to. Well, in that, you know, what's interesting is we, we, you know, when we're looking at the errors a second ago, Seattle leads the league in errors. Mm-hmm. But the difference is they've also got a, a plus 32 run differential. So right. as long so as you hidden. score yeah. a ton of runs sure. and your pitching is decent, you can overcome errors. Yeah, it, it, the, the, I don't uh, I don't disagree at all. But the Sox have never been that team where they're just going to outmash you. And, and they don't care if they give up, you know, four errors a game on average. Well, we're just going to bomb you. I mean, with our with our with our deep threat. And then we're going to turn in some some pretty good pitching as well. We, we that just hasn't been the socks. So these errors really uh, materialize and uh, you know fly in the ointment. I don't want to turn this into a a, a Seattle podcast here, but <laughs> as, as I was looking up their their run differential number, I, I did find one other interesting thing. They're o they're o and six against teams over five hundred. Interesting. So yeah. I mean, they might come down to earth, is what you're saying. 
just um, you know yeah. er, early numbers. They're still hitting the heck out of the They're ball. They're hitting the though. heck out of the yeah, ball. They really it's crazy. are. Um, I don't I don't want to see them on our schedule anytime soon. No. Um, so you know you got you got the Anderson highs and lows there. Um, I, I'm really enjoying Mankata. He's hitting 314, six home runs. At only 23 Ks at this spot last year, he had 38 strikeouts. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a 15 strikeout difference. It's a big improvement. Talk about someone that's been working on their game. Uh, leads the team in home runs. <laughs> he was watching that John Lester <laughs> hitting <was> video. <laughs> the Sox got the whole, they bought the whole John Lester series. All on accident. <laughs> <laughs> and then I accidentally watched it. Not only did I buy it, but then I watched it. Um, and he looks, Mancata looks way more comfortable from the right side. Um you know, that was a major, major problem uh, last year. I mean, strikeouts are one thing, but he was not getting enough right-handed at-bats. Um, he wasn't seeing a lot of lefties, so he was, you know, he, did, he didn't work the muscle. He didn't, he didn't work from hitting from the right side. And, uh, you know, I think you can put a lot of time in the cages on that, but there, there's no – you cannot – uh, account for the live pitching aspect, the in-game aspect, right. and uh, right. I think he's seen a few more lefties this year, and he just he just looks more disciplined. He's not pulling off the ball. Uh, I'm I'm just and he's carrying it over on the field. I mean, he might have some throwing errors every now and then. He's still getting used to that position full time, but I like his defense, right. his range. Uh, he's not booting any balls, uh, so. I mean, that that's another high. I mean, you, tonight's lineup, uh, game two of the Baltimore series, uh, Renteria put Mankata Anderson 1-2 in the lineup. Now, I, I kind of like Mankata hitting in the two-hole, but to have those two guys hitting 1-2, the guys who are your hottest hitters, you want to give them the most at-bats, so I, I get it. It's right. been a weird – We Sox haven't had that type of problem in, in a while is what I'm saying. So – uh, keep it going, Mankata. Uh, Anderson and Mankata are dominating the offensive categories. Abreu hopefully will warm up, but it's the it's the Anderson and Mankata show. Um, and uh, since our last time talking, uh, the death of Polkomania, um, <laughs> he uh, he he got sent, I, he, he, that had to happen. He's uh, really starting to come around though. He's got that one hit to. <laughs> Really, he looked comfortable. I'm, t- uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be glass half full here. He might have been watching a Lester hitting well, I, video. I was thinking maybe he needs to watch the mm, Lester hitting yeah. video. And not on accident, purposefully. <laughs> uh, he got sent down and Ryan Cordell got brought up. And, man, Cordell's in, in, his, in the small sample size. I like his glove. And he's coming up with some hits. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, uh, given Cordell... Uh, you know, a month or so, what he might be able to do. He had a heck of a, he had a heck of a spring. Um, he might be this year's Polka. He might be. You know, I, I, I just had a weird feeling that Polka thing wasn't going to materialize into year two. It just, it just felt like, yeah, man, you had a good year. That you had a good 2018, and I think just enjoy that. I, it's really difficult to to follow up a 27 home run rookie campaign. Right. I can't imagine, right. you know, and he's got a, he's got a laid back personality. And I think that's what uh, draws all the fans to him. He's got, he's got that blue collar personality, you know, that look, um, 
and I, you know, hey, I, I hope he bounces back. I hope he can get things right in uh, in Charlotte, and and we see him again with uh, you know a little bit more productivity. But uh, he had to go down. Yeah, you can't you can't go that long without a hit. And you, yeah, some something was wrong. So you know, go away for a little bit and get your mind right, and and yeah. you know, feast a little bit on AAA pitching, mm-hmm. and then yeah. and come on back up and and start start fresh. Could be, uh, could be, you know, and you know, uh, Eloy is on bereavement. Is his grandmother passed away, and he's in the Dominican Republic for a few few games, and um, due to that move, Nicky Delmonico, right, last from right. the past, came up and. You know, we'll see what happens. You know, he's he's spent all of this season in AAA, uh, feasting on on that pitching, and we'll see what happens with his with his limited stay up here in the bigs. Um, anything right now um, before we get into some of the bigger uh, topics stand out for you? Anything particular? I mean, you went through some of those. Yeah, you know, just the differential numbers. Yeah, the I I think the the things I said earlier about the you know the the the, the home record is a concern for me. The 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 run differential, still the the pitching is just not there. Even though I know Lopez, you know, since we last recorded, he had one pretty good game, but then he, he got yeah. he got knocked around a little bit the other day too, and his his. His ERA is still high. The team yeah. ERA is high. It's just been, it's just been a little up and down from the starters. Mm-hmm. And then Giolito is on the ten day in, yeah, injured IL, list. Yeah. So it's just there. I can't say that it it stands out to me at, as a, a real big concern. I think this is the team that we thought was mm-hmm. going to be there. Just sort of. You know, we thought they were going to score a lot of runs at times, and they have. We, I, I guess what would stand out to me is I think we both thought the starting pitching was going Correct. to be better, absolutely, be more consistent, and it just hasn't been yet. And even when it's been good, then you've given way to some bullpen issues, mm-hmm. and so that I think is, it's still pretty up and down right now. Yeah. This team is. Yeah, I, I'm, I've been disappointed with, uh, you know, Lopez's starts. Uh, he, he brought in a quality start in Easter Sunday, which was nice. He had a pretty good outing, actually, in Detroit. Uh, just uh, Gordon Beckham uh, came back and bit us. Um, but, uh, you know, Radon has, has flashed. You know, it, it's tough to see Giolito go down. But, look – this rotation isn't the rotation that we're going to have when we win the next division. I mean, you're not going to have Nova on the team and you're not going to have Santana. It's going to be Kopech, Cease, Radon, Giolito, and Lopez, most likely. Right, um, right. I, I would say Giolito is the, is the wild card. I could see Lopez, uh, them giving a little bit more to Lopez than Giolito. Um, I just like, I just, I have liked what Lopez has brought in the past. I think Giolito is yet to give me a real consistent stretch. So, yeah, but with Lopez, is is he going to be one of those guys where you got to score, you know, eight, nine, ten, ten runs in his start to to cover up some of those problems? And is he yeah. going to end up being one of those guys? I feel like this happened in the in the Samarja. Uh, you know, uh, uh, was he here for was he here for just a year? Or yeah, or, yeah. yeah. It, that that Samarja year where it was like if if the Sox didn't score sure. eight, nine, ten, eleven runs, then they were going to lose yeah. that game because he yeah. was going to come out and give up five or six runs yeah. for sure. 
Yeah, that was a horrible experiment, um, which we all thought was going to be a great experiment. I mean, it was a one-year deal. Um, and, you know, Lopez catches a lot of the zone like Samarji used to catch a lot of the zone. And uh, when you catch too much, especially like knee to thigh, these are Major League Baseball players. They're going to hit it. And Lopez doesn't have the velocity, uh, you know, to overwhelm anybody. So right. I, to answer your question, if that's the Lopez that we have where he, he, you know, he's shelling six, seven, eight runs, no, no, that, that's not the thing I want yeah. Uh, yeah. on my team to know that, well, it's Lopez Day, so bring the bats. Right, um, and, and, and that's the problem. It's just you, you, you can't count on that. You're going right. to have to count on him at some point to pitch well enough to win a two, two, one, three, two mm-hmm. ball game. Yeah. Uh, all right. So by now, uh, all you, uh, you Sox fans, baseball fans, you have, um, you've watched the Tim Anderson bat flip from last week against Kansas city. You've watched him, uh, get beaned, uh, in the backside. Uh, you watched the bench clear brawl, uh, you know, he was suspended, which I, I don't, I, I'm not really going to get in too much of the suspension, really. I think that goes into a whole different uh, angle of the podcast. Uh, you know, maybe we we touch on it a little bit. I'm more interested in the actual uh, bat flip and everything that ensued. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be Anderson bat flip, and then he gets hit. It's bat flip in general this day and age, and then something happens or something doesn't happen. Um, in this situation... Uh, the Sox were coming off of a series win against the Yankees. I think they won, they won the first two against the Royals, and they were looking for the sweep. Um, and th- they were this was this put them in the lead. Anderson hit a two run bomb. It was a day game, uh, and uh, the excitement from Anderson with the bat flip and the shouting at his bench at, at the home team bench, like "Let's go, come on, uh, here we go!" It's like fourth, fifth inning. We've got a lead now. Uh, that did not sit well with Royals pitching. And the next time Anderson's up, he gets hit. Uh, and then, you know, insanity ensues. <laughs> your take, Jeff, on uh, your take on that. I, you know, Pick whatever you want from all that. We, and, we, taught, we texted a yeah. little bit. So this is our first time actually talking about it. And I... I, I was needling you a little bit with the unwritten rules sure. of baseball, yeah. right? And yeah. I and I wanted to see what you would say if you would if you would stick with because the unwritten rule of baseball, right, is you don't is you don't flip the bat, or if you listen to any of these commentators now, it's like you can flip the bat, but you've got to flip it with. I, I heard a Rod talking about it on on baseball tonight or one one of those shows, and he's like, you can flip the bat, but it has to be with <laughs> like honor and passion and it has to be flipped the right way sure and you know to, like that anal retentive right. chef phil hartman's character yeah. where it's like then we take the refuse yeah. and we package it and then we put right. it in another so receptacle. it's like if you had flipped the bat three degrees this uh-huh. way then it's not a big sure. deal but three degrees sure. that way and to me i don't know baseball just feel it feels like such a passive aggressive sport sometimes it's like if, the, if, if if my guy does it it's okay um you know, I don't like this, so I'm going to throw the baseball at you. And to me, I'm, I'm much more of the football mentality in terms of if you don't like it, then stop it from happening. Otherwise, deal with it. You know, if you're if, if you're bad at defense, then 
this team is going to put 50, 60 points on you, and they're not going to feel bad about it because it's professional sports. Okay, you know? so... It, so, if you don't... Let, let me just finish yeah. this. If you don't like a home run getting hit off of you, don't groove a ball down the middle of the plate. You know? Pitch better. I, I think... You know, it, it, it's a team philosophy and then it's an individual philosophy because the Royals tweeted something out uh, a few days later on their Twitter handle, uh, exciting people, fans about a game. And the video that they used was a Royals player flipping his bat after a home run. Yeah. Okay, so the Royals as a team, it looks like they embraced the bat flip, but the pitcher that day had a personal issue with a bat flip. So, you know, do you gather gather everybody in the room in spring training and, and say, this is corporate policy, okay, from top down, don't retaliate on a bat flip? Or is it, hey, if it rubs you the wrong way, do what you got to do. Tomorrow it might be a different story because there's a new guy on the hill. I don't think there should be any retaliation. It, th- and this is not bat flip. This is different. But I don't think you should be throwing a baseball at somebody's head or near somebody's head or anything like that. I know, but still, I, I just and I, I know that's old school baseball. Yeah. I get it, but just strike the guy out. Play play better, you know. So so what is it like if if the pitcher gets a big strikeout after an inning? Is he supposed to wait till he gets to the dugout to pump his fist or you know point to the sky? celebrate have fun baseball should be more fun it should be more interesting for the fans and when tim anderson hit that home run launch the bat as high in the air as you want <laughs> run the field you hey you did something awesome for your team that's great and when it yeah. when it happens to you you deal with it and you move Look, on i you know I've, I've come around to the to the bat flip i mean I don't need to see people, you know, uh, throwing the bat up like a baton at the Thanksgiving Day Parade and, and doing dances and 360s after they hit something. The way I, I saw Anderson flip it, it was out of emotion, and it was the excitement towards the fact that they've got the lead. He's barking at his clubhouse. He's not barking at the pitcher, the catcher, right. the Royals dugout, which that happens sometimes. A player jacks a home run, flips the bat, and stares down the home run or stares down the pitcher or points to the opposing dugout. I'm sorry. I don't think you should be trying to show up somebody that blatantly. Like Your home run already showed them up. Your home run, what you did with your actions yeah. already showed you. Why do you have to give a flashy, like like when a running back gets you know a three-yard run, it's a first down, and he pops up, and he's got to point his hand eight yards down the field. Like, but you again, did what you stop should him. do. Stop the guy if you don't like it. You know? well, what's going to happen in football? By stopping the guys, you're going to get a you know a roughing penalty. Well, he's going to take I him mean, by the face mask. He's going to throw no, him on the just ground. tackle him next time. Stop him from getting the first down. And he down. will be tackled after the whistle. <laughs> to me, to me, this is what I this is what drives me nuts about baseball. It's it's like it's the most honorable sport with the most unhonorable practices, where teams are trying to steal each other's signs constantly through the game, and yet. Don't show them up over here. But wait a minute. I'm going to try and steal the sign between the catcher and the pitcher and relay it back to the other. So you're, I, you're, I think you're that, constantly like you're, you're, you're doing shady stuff in, in one instance, but then it's supposed to be like, now, wait a minute. When you hit a home run, don't celebrate too much because you might hurt the other team's you feelings. You can celebrate, but I think when you celebrate at the pitcher or the other team's expense, it, it gives off a sportsmanship quality. But it's okay to that, steal signs. 
that's Look, sportsmanlike. I, I'm not saying you should be able to steal signs. <laughs> I'm just saying it's I... like the inconsistency of this game. All right, here's your... And it's so passive-aggressive. Look, uh, here's your Goodfellas comparison, <laughs> all right? I'm watching Goodfellas for like the 30th time. I'm oh, not I watching love the that whole movie. thing. But that's you know, a, anytime that's correct. on, you stop. And yeah, watch. absolutely. And it comes into one of my favorite parts where uh, you got the Goodfell, you got you got the crew, you got Leota and Pesci and De Niro. They're in like that makeshift basement bar right. playing cards, and uh, you know money's being thrown around, drinks are being had. You got that little lackey boy Spider. Uh, you know, hand and drinks. Uh, you know, he's kind of like a like a bar. He's one of the guys. You know, he's a teenager from the neighborhood, and they pay him something to kind of like you know keep shop down there. And he's bringing drinks over to him as they're playing cards, and he mouths off to Pesci, Pesci's character. He disrespects uh, Pesci. He stands up to him, okay, and then he walks away and goes back to the bar. And De Niro makes a big deal about it. You know, De Niro's like. Whoa, here you go. Here's a couple extra bucks, man. You grew a pair. And then he turns to Pesci and he says, you're going to let him disrespect you like that? <laughs> and Pesci, okay, is not like De Niro or Leota. You know, he's a live wire. So Pesci breaks out, you know, and shoots Spider like eight times in the gut and kills him. And De Niro's like, what are you doing? Do you realize how much heat we're going to catch? And I look at De Niro as like, De Niro's like the Royals organization, okay? Like, don't let him disrespect you, but like you could do it in other ways. And Pesci's like the pitcher who being Anderson, just like this live wire. That's like, I'm going against the grain and I'm drawing all this attention to us. All I know is that Ed Farmer would be talking about <laughs> spiders murder the next day <laughs> during the broadcast, <laughs> recounting it back <sighs> somewhere in between a three and two uh, uh, count. Look, I, I think it's an individual thing. And until you know, and what the what should happen if if they if you want to if you want to uh, if you really want to curb that, MLB suspends uh, the Royals pitcher, right? Well, then the Royals should spend and tack on a couple more games and say that's not our team philosophy. That's not what we're trying to do here. MLB suspended you. We as a team now are going to take action. Yeah, I I mean again. I don't think baseball should be doing things that make the game less interesting for fans, you know? So I say, let players celebrate. Let them launch. Let, let, let launch that get bat. Get one of those t-shirt cannons. And after you hit a home run, just launch the bat and the cannon up well, into the air. Somebody, and I think it was on Twitter, and it was one of like the baseball reference sites or something, did the launch angle on Anderson's bat flip too. Like they did an, <laughs> they did an analysis of that. Hey. That's fun, right? I mean, that is... That's Emotion silly. is fun. It, but... it, that part of the game is fun. And there are some really exciting young players in this league that love to, that, that play really good baseball and they, they celebrate and there's a, there's an air about them when they play and they're, they're confident. And I love that. And I think that's good. I think you need more of that. Even if it's, even if it's a player that you end up hating on the other side of the, of the rivalry, that's still, that intensifies the rivalry. That's good, right? You want to be able to look on the other uh, opposite end of the team and, and have a little juice there and not, I mean, if, if it was all just, stayed and boring who, who would who's gonna watch well i just you know I, i'm a fan of the emotion just be careful because you might get a patchy patchy standing <laughs> across from you and uh i agree with you i think throwing at the head due to a bat flip due to any situation i agree with throwing high and tight 
now the unfortunate thing is not every pitcher has pinpoint That's control. The thing. These guys are too big. They're too strong. They're too fast. And frankly, they're too accurate anymore for the most part. Look, um, it's 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 too, uh, to me that's too dangerous. And then the same thing, like you're gonna run out. Uh, there's uh, there's nothing worse than a baseball fight too, because it's twenty five guys from each side running out and trying not to get into any like like t- it's all the hey hold me back hold me back. It's you know? like when Miss Elizabeth would run in between Hogan and Macho <laughs> right, Man, just right. kind of a lot of like just kind of like pressing up against somebody's chest, turned around, looking with that like somber, like about to cry, like holding in the middle. The only two guys I actually thought were going to fight were Yost and Renneria. (laughs) Of everybody on the field, that's the only two guys I thought actually might have a fight. Well, old uh, old Cub skip uh, Dale Spain was in. Yes, uh, he was. He was involved in that too. I think he might even got, yeah, he might have got injected. Well, um, what did you think of Abreu keeping Anderson away? Not that it ended up mattering because he got tossed, but did you did you see how um, how very specific Abreu was about keeping Anderson away mm-hmm. from that play? He moved him away from that that yeah. that fight several times. That's a smart decision. I agree a hundred percent. There was an altercation with Bryce Harper last night uh, with the Phillies and. You know, he ended up getting thrown out of the game and caught a lot of flack from Arietta from it, as he should. But, you know, there were players holding Harper back. I mean, they know who Harper is. And mm-hmm. right now, the Sox, especially Abreu, know who Anderson is. And I we, thought it spoke to a leadership on Abreu's oh, absolutely. part, too. Something that you had talked about, that yes. he was sort of taking the mantle on of being the the elder yeah. statesman or, or leader of this team. So yeah. I, I thought that was a good good example yeah. of that. Well, this is spirited as, as it should be. I mean, and, and this isn't the first or well, this won't be the first uh, and only time we talk about these types of little unwritten rules uh, throughout the season. Um, you're, you're lucky I didn't throw my microphone up in the air because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. When this podcast is done, I'm going to celebrate by <laughs> throwing I my microphone what, sky high. I'm telling you, if you would have done a 360, there would have been I would have been <laughs> waiting for the next podcast. And that's when I would have retaliated. That's right. Uh, <laughs> you just hear <laughs> as you throw the microphone at me. Uh, bad aim, apparently. Um, a couple things. Uh, we, we probably are going to have to start wrapping up uh, this episode 19. But a couple things for you folks to chew on uh, today. Uh, Tuesday, April 23rd, marks the 48th uh, anniversary of Sticky Fingers release by The Stones. One of my favorite Oh, it's a classic. Albums. I love that record. Um, and the one, the, the release before was Let It Bleed. Then also stick, fantastic. Then Sticky Fingers. And then Exile on Main Street. I mean, talk about one, two, three, those three albums in a row. You could probably put that up with some of the better three release albums by any band that's and, a good line. It's a hell of a three year. Uh, I mean, not consecutive year, 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 but three in a row. Renneria would have moved those around. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see what, what facial hair he was rocking He's in 71. Like, Let's get tattoo you in here. We'll move. <laughs> let it bleed. To- Bridges to Babylon. <laughs> little, little palate cleanser. You know, I'd, I'd love to see steel wheels this, this week get, somewhere. It doesn't get enough acclaim. <laughs> Uh, let's get it some attention. Uh, and then uh, Field of Dreams came out 30 years ago uh, this past weekend. Man. 30 years. And if you want to get a little angry, there was a columnist in the Trib that wrote an article, I think yesterday, 
uh, an op-ed on how Field of Dreams is a terrible movie. What? Terrible movie. What was the what was the thesis? Well, there were a lot there. of different ins and outs. One of one of the ins and out, one of the points was that Ray Liotta cast as Shoeless Joe was a bad casting job because uh, Le- Le- uh, Ray Liotta had like this Bronx type accent, and Shoeless Joe is actually from South Carolina, so it just didn't it just didn't the dialect didn't quite match up. There are other things in the article. I don't want to you know I don't want to misquote anything there, but. Uh, I don't know if I could say terrible at all. All right, uh, I, I I agree with you. I think that that's a that's a great baseball movie. Uh, yeah, I think that was that that was in your top five. Yeah, it, it's up there. Movies. It, it's up there. Um, but thirty years, man, uh, it was up for an, uh, uh, an Academy Award too. Uh, and and just to report, you were correct. Uh, Big Boss Man always rocked the, <laughs> the 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 goatee. Never had a mustache. Thank so you, thank you for I am, coming back uh, on that. I am wrong on now, that. Now, his manager Slick from the uh, he might have just had the mustache. It's possible. Um, all right, Boss Man, a big uh, baton flipper too. He used to. <laughs> well, he was big in just about every other category you could think of. Yeah, he was definitely that nightstick. He was definitely tossing that around. Yeah. Um, folks, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, episode 19 of Good Guys Talk Back, uh, Chicago White Sox podcast. It's fan centric and blue collar. Uh, follow us uh, on Twitter at Good Guys TV and uh, like our uh, Facebook page, and you can find it. Uh, Please rate uh, this uh, this podcast if you can, especially if you enjoyed it. And Don't forget to subscribe, yeah, too. Subscribe and uh, tell your friends. Uh, we might, we might, we might have an opportunity to uh, record episode 20 uh, in the parking lot of Sox Park next Monday against the uh, Orioles. That'll be the 29th. We'll kind of right. update uh, through social media if that's going to happen or not. We're looking at the weather, but... We might record in the parking lot, step by, and uh, say hello if we do. All right, folks, for Jeff Julian, I am Nick Morowski. Go Sox.